listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. One. I am your host, Lashara Binkley. I'm a contributor for Space City Scoop and the Dream Shake. And of course, as usual, you can find me on Twitter at HTownForLife40, all caps. Be sure to follow the official Apollo Media account at Apollo HOU. That's Apollo HOU is all caps, as well as hitting the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. We would greatly appreciate it. On today's show, we have the pre and post game hosts of the Houston Rockets and Houston Astros host of the Nightcap, the Sports RV Show, which, of course, is the number one Saturday sports talk show in Houston, and co-host of the Matt Thomas Show. We are joined by Ross Villarreal of Sports Talk 790. Thank you again uh, for joining us today, Ross. I definitely appreciate it. I know you just got off your own show. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you uh, thinking of me to have me on and happy to talk some Rockets basketball, some some exciting things <laughs> in Rockets basketball for once. Yes, for once after that uh, season last year, we'll, we'll just completely forget that even happened. We, no, uh, we wanted to talk about that. No. <laughs> definitely not. I, I um, hope my days of monologuing on the postgame show are done. <laughs> I'm sure those were some rough um, postgame mm. shows last year, mm. having to get through all of those. So yeah. hopefully it's a little bit better this year. Um, yeah, by the end of it, I was making a game. I was trying to see how long I could talk without a call and before I take it to commercial break. So, <laughs> well, I, I, I'm sure you had, you know, your regulars on there that gave like five or six minute uh, game breakdowns, which were all no, great. even they no, Gerard, no, no, they <laughs> even they gave up. No, they stopped calling. <laughs> that ought to tell you something right there. Uh, <laughs> well, I want to start with a very serious question before we jump into it. Um, I wanted to ask you. So are you a plain or peanut M&M guy? <laughs> I'm certainly, I'm a plain guy. That's what, so I put the poll on my Twitter yes. referencing, I guess. We were talking about on the Matt Thomas show yesterday. Like, I know I'm in the minority. I'm not like a necessarily like peanuts on like a Sunday or a brownie yeah. or in candy. I, it's, it's not like I hate it. Or I'm not allergic or anything. It's just not my favorite. So I prefer the, the much simpler delicious chocolate <laughs> taste of a plain M&M over a peanut. And actually, I ask you that because I am one of the minority myself. I, I'm i not a fan of peanut just because I'm not a fan of peanuts. But, you know, I, I have to start rethinking my life when I saw that the poll was almost like 70% peanut. Like, maybe I've just been doing oh. it wrong all this time. <laughs> yeah, what were you, you expecting? I was actually expecting like 75-25. I, I, oh, really? Like 30% of us like plain? I was actually happy with it. <laughs> well, I've probably just been living in an M&M bubble all this time, so yeah. I guess I can't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, so, of course, you know, we wanted to have you on to talk about uh, the Rockets draft and the first three um, Rockets uh, summer league games that uh, they actually just concluded their last game. Um, so, first off, I wanted to ask you about, of course, the first three games and what kind of been your impression of that. We saw the Rockets go two and one. Uh, fortunately, you know, Jalen Green had the hamstring tightness in the last game. But what was your opinion of not only Jalen Green, but all the rookies in the uh, first three summer league games? Yeah, that's uh, of course, Jalen Green is a headliner. We can start there. Uh, I mean, fantastic. We'd seen his highlights. I watched some of him on uh, the, the G League Ignite and watched some of the highlights. And there were a couple of things on YouTube 
that I can't remember the gentleman's name. He was doing like a film study with ESPN with uh, with Jalen Green and running through a lot of his both yes. offensive and defensive sets. So we kind of knew what to expect from him. But to see it against uh, probably what's I would say maybe slightly higher level of competition or, or maybe about the same. I'm not sure what you would call the G League versus the Summer League. But uh, yeah, j- just one of the things that I like about Jalen Green and why I wanted the Rockets to pick him is that, you know, uh, a lot of players can look as if they are a step above the competition in college. We've seen it before, and that doesn't necessarily translate to NBA success. But what Jalen Green looks like to me is even against a G League team where he's going up against grown men and he's going up with against guys on two-way contracts or, or trying to get back in against the league, Jalen Green looked a step above. He looks a step quicker. He looks like he's he can jump higher. He's got that uh, the level of skill. It's just, uh, you call it pop, right? That's what they call it on, on, on the NFL. He pops on film when you, when you see him. Jalen Green pops on film. Yes. So you see that as well in these summer league games where if you know nothing, if nobody had any jersey numbers or any names or anything, and you just kind of watch with your eyeballs, and you could say, well, my goodness, look at this guy. This guy is quick. Look at this guy. He's getting by everybody. Look at this. He can float in the air. Jalen Green is that dude. And so that's what comes with athleticism, and that comes with th- things that gifts that you cannot teach. But not only is he as extremely athletic, he is extremely skilled. I mean, the step back Jays, you, you saw him. The, this, those, those crazy step back yes. corner, no room, swish, splashing through. Somebody he had some issues with the turnovers when they were double teaming him a little bit in the last game. And then that's something that he'll work through and continue. I think he had, what, like three turnovers early on, but he didn't have another one, I think, in that game. So he'll be fine with that. He's learning. And just from, from listening to him and talking to him and, and having a chance to interview him once, he just – he seems like a genuine dude. He's kind of quiet and reserved, a lot different than, say, a Josh Christopher, who, of course, he, uh, the, the Rockets drafted as well, who we can get to in a second. But just seems like a guy who almost kind of in a James Harden kind of way is kind of quiet, and he's not going to be really talkative. Like, you never think of James Harden as, like, somebody who's going to be in front of a microphone and say a bunch of stuff except for, like, swag. Like <laughs> – One word, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. You don't want J- – Jalen Green maybe isn't going to give you the greatest soliloquy on basketball, but you can tell that the dude loves to play and he wants to be great, and he's already extremely skilled. And, and I, I've already – I'm already say, ready to say that he's going to be an all-star at some point in his NBA career. Will he be NBA MVP? Will he be a Hall of Famer? Of course, we don't have to get into that realm just yet, but absolutely I can already say I truly believe in my heart that Jalen Green is an all-star. Yeah, and also speaking on Jalen Green uh, – I've been trying to come up with it. I know a lot of people have been trying to come up with player comps when it comes to Jalen Green. Um, it's, it's really difficult just because I don't know if I can, I've seen a player with that much athleticism also be that efficient, you know, from the outside. I mean, he shot over 50, he shot 50% from three point range in the two plus games over 52% from the field. Is there really a player comp for him recently that you can think of? I mean, I was thinking Zach Levine, but he's not. Yes. I mean, he's probably the closest one because I know some people were saying Bradley Bill, but he doesn't have the athleticism. So do you think of Zach Levine is more like the player comp that you would think for Jalen Green? Yeah, I th- I, that was actually when you started to bring up the, the player comp thing. That's one that I'd heard. And then when I heard it and then I saw both of their games, I would I definitely would agree with that. I think maybe actually Zach Levine. I don't know as far as I wonder what their verticals are. It's yeah. <laughs> got a little bit more hop, but I, I think. 
I mean, Jalen Green doesn't have to be anybody but Jalen Green. That's yeah. that's who he is. You know, I mean, he he's kind of lanky right now. Maybe his body will fill out a little bit more. But the the way that he can just hop and the skills that he has, he he is very unique. I'm with you. It's kind of hard to put your thumb on on who you would compare him to. And I think of that as a good thing. That, that means like we maybe the league hasn't seen anybody like Jalen Green. So I mean, don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, of course. But I, I think he's really skilled. I think he's going to be good. I think he's got future All Star written all over him. And I don't know exactly who to compare him to. And that's maybe because there's only one Jalen Green. Yeah, and I think that's perfect. I think that's kind of why Rafael Stone drafted him because he's probably the most unique player in the draft. And speaking of the draft, I also want to get your opinion on the other three rookies. Now, I know Usman Garuba, uh, it's kind of hard to really break down any of his films because he really just came in the last game. He was jet lagged. It's not really too much you can take from that game. But as far as Alperin, Sagoon, and also, Josh Christopher, what's kind of been your impressions of, of those two? Because they've definitely been a, a welcome surprise so far. Yeah, um, so we'll start with uh, Alperin Shingun. I, I really like what his game brings as well. And, I mean, obviously, I mean, even talking about how there's only some highlights for, for Jalen Green, there's certainly uh, not a whole lot of highlights floating around for Alperin yes. and what he was able to do. But the fact that you're the MVP of – what is thought of as one of the best basketball leagues in, in the world. Of course, it's the NBA, then it's probably the Spanish league, and then the Turkish league might be third right there. So one of the best leagues in the world to be the MVP of that league and then get drafted at, at only 18 years old. So, I mean, the, it could be a very well a good pick. Obviously, the knock on him coming out and the reason why he wasn't necessarily thought of as a top five pick is because the dude lacks athleticism yeah. or, or NBA-level athleticism. And I think we have seen that in the G league. He's been getting to the free throw line a lot, but one of the reasons he's been getting through the free throw line is because he hasn't been able to get up and over and finish over some of these bigs down low. So that's definitely a concern for me is how much is it going he going to be able to score as far as being a big down low against NBA bigs against the, you know, the Anthony Davises or, or the, 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 uh, the Rudy Gobert's of the world. Like, can he score on them? And he's not necessarily going to be asked to do that in a Rockets uniform. So that definitely is a concern for me. But what I do like from him is that he's extremely skilled. We've seen the passing from him. We've seen what you have, what you can have if you don't have elite level athleticism is you can have craft, right? Like think of a Nikola Jokic. Is, is Nikola Jokic ever going to be in the, the dunk contest? <laughs> no, not anytime soon. <laughs> but not anytime soon. But the dude was MVP. Because he's remarkably skilled. Now, obviously, Alperin Shingun, I'm not predicting that he's the, the next Nikola Jokic, but we've seen guys like a, Nikola, uh, a lot of Nikolas, Nikola Vucevic, um, yeah. Jonas Valanciunas, I don't think of as, as somebody who jumps out of the gym, but he's extremely skilled and can be effective. So he needs to put on some weight. He's extremely crafty. How about even how about this name for a little bit off the wall? Uh, Zach Randolph. Oh, yeah. Zach Randolph just used to get buckets. Like he, he, you never was going to confuse him for anybody who could jump over a, uh, oh, jump over a phone book. <laughs> True. You just go out there. He was a big body. He was good defensively. He was extremely crafty offensively. He was in the right place at the right time. He was a rebounder. And, and that's kind of what you're hoping for. Maybe that type of play from Alperin Shingun, because I, I don't think the athleticism is going to be there. Those are just gifts that you have or you don't, but I can already tell that he's really skilled. He's a good passer. He's extremely crafty around the basket. The three-point shot needs some developing, uh, developing obviously. But I think what you have right now, 
But Jalen Green, I think, is pretty polished and will get even better. If I were going to pair him to Alperin Shingun, I think Alperin Shingun has some skills, but he, he needs to refine those skills and, and he, get a little bit more polish. And I think there is some potential there. And, and also, before we move on to Josh Christopher, uh, do you see a lot of Luis Scola in Alperin Shingun's uh, game? It's because of the way he can operate around the basket, like you said, not having the greatest athleticism, but being able to uh, – with the footwork and the angles, being able to score over bigger guys that can jump out the gym. Do you see any kind of comparison between those two players? You know what? That That's pretty good. Uh, I've not thought about that one. Now, one thing Scola has that I don't know that Shingun – Scola had extremely quick feet. Yes. Remember, he like he would do like six spins. <laughs> yes. And he was just so quick and get up. And he had a really good up and under move because he wasn't going to – Luis Scola wasn't going to go up and over. So he had a really good up and under move. So, I mean, yeah, that that's actually pretty decent. Uh, it might be an app comparison, somebody that doesn't have a ton of athleticism. I would say as of this moment, I would categorize Luis Scola's feet as quicker and his yeah. hair better. <laughs> yes. Even though he did cut it and once, you know, once he yeah, got older, true. but, but well, yeah, yeah. once you get old, it starts hair. thinning out. It's happening to me right now. You can't get long hair. Once you get too old, it just starts thinning out and you just look like a person. Oh yeah. I just gave up and just went ball. So yeah, I understand that. <laughs> well, I'm not quite there yet, but yeah, it's, it's just, my, this just ain't what it used to be. Is it? <laughs> that is true. Uh, well, one other rookie that's been kind of standing out for the Rockets been Josh Christopher. I mean, the biggest surprise for me has been, his defense, I mean, we knew he could, was great at getting to the basket, but what's kind of been your impression of Josh Christopher so far, the number 24 pick? Yeah, that's what I like. And, and if you remember in that first game, they had him up, and he was talk, 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 talk. And I yeah. love that. Yes. Anybody, that's one of the things that, the, you know, the Rockets had their defensive issues the past couple of years. And what they would say, every single, it, it's funny because every time they would get interviewed, like, hey, what's the issue with the defense? We don't talk. Okay. <laughs> yep. What's the issue with the defense? We don't talk. Okay, well, when y'all gonna start talking? <laughs> Almost one of those skills where you either kind of have it or you don't. You think to talk, you're calling out screens, you're calling out coverages. He's over there. I got him. I got him. I see him. I see him. Screen to your left. Screen to your left. Screen to your right. Like I really that that actually. I mean, even more than like if he had a thunderous dunk over somebody. Yeah. I'm more excited about the way that he was talking on defense. And yes, that's what Rafael Stone had said at the press conference. Is they already think that he can be an elite defender in the NBA, and that's great. Because that's what you need to fill out a roster, right? I mean, you're going to have Christian Wood drop in 25 and 10, hopefully. You're going to have Kevin Porter Jr. hopefully going like 20 and 10. You're going to have Jalen Green hopefully at some point in his NBA career dropping 25 points a game. So what do you fill the roster out with? You fill it out with three and D guys. So if Josh Christopher can be somebody who's a quarterback of a defense, if he can be somebody who can come out and maybe get to the basket a little bit, maybe create a shot a little bit and knock down threes, then that's the perfect fill of what you want around superstar players. That's what always the, the Rockets needed around, say, I mean, a couple of really any team you're building. You need you can never have enough three and D wings. And so if Josh Christopher can be a really good three and D wing. And so far I like, I'm, I'm with you. I like what he's seeing. Uh, I'm seeing from him on the defensive side. I like it. The intelligence playing passing lanes, poking balls out, getting deflections, all that type of stuff. I, I like Josh Christopher so far as that type of player to me, as of this moment, I would pin him a, as a, just a rotational guy and not a star or anything yeah. like that. That's totally fine. That's not necessarily going to need to be his role on this Rockets team. So yeah, I, I like Josh Christopher and what I'm seeing from him so far as well. Yeah, that kind of leads me to my final question of this first segment. So you have the four rookies, but you also have players like Eric Gordon and John Wall, who we're going to get to in the second segment. <laughs> uh, 
Those two, never heard of them. <laughs> there's, there's certain there's certain two players that's uh, a little bit past 30 that are still on the roster. I know that's kind of hard to believe on this roster, but how do you see if a uh, plan as far as who will be in the G League between those four rookies? Because I mean, I find it hard to believe that you're going to be able to have all four on the opening night roster. Yeah, that'll be definitely interesting. I think we could see Josh Christopher. Now, Jalen Green, obviously, he's in. Yeah. I think outside of that, we could see some yo-yoing, even from Alperin Shingun, depending. Now, of course, the, the, uh, the Rockets are going to need some big men. They do have a Daniel Tice that they signed. They do have Christian Wood. And outside of that, not a whole lot of big depth. So perhaps Shingun can be on the team just from that standpoint. But I think it wouldn't be bad. I mean, would you rather have Alperin Shingun up here with the Rockets and getting – you know, 15 minutes a night, or would you rather him in the G League honing his game and, and hopefully getting like 30 minutes a night? Yeah, that's that's up to Rafael Stone to figure out, and and maybe we'll see some of both, right? I, I imagine he'll get yo-yoed as well. So I think outside of Jalen Green, we could see all the guys uh, getting yo-yoed up and down, depending on health of the team, depending on roster construction, and it's going to be certainly difficult, especially to me for uh, Josh Christopher, because of those guys you mentioned, the the Eric Gordons, the John Walls. You already have KPJ. You have Jalen Green. I, uh, you have David Nawaba. So, I mean, you're not going to put him, you're not going to send him down or anything like that. So, I mean, there's a, there's a glut of wings right now, I would say. So Shingun probably has a better chance of staying up with the team longer term, but I think we could see a lot of uh, Josh Christopher in the G league. Yeah. I mean, I agree. And it's actually a good problem to have instead of uh, having to have all these G league players go back and forth because your team is so bad. It's a good, it's a, it's a good thing to actually have the option of, having so many good players that you actually have to send some down to G League. So that's definitely a turn from last year. And in the second segment, we're going to actually talk a little bit more about the actual roster and uh, what it's going to look like going forward. So please stick around. Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. Apollo HOU, all Houston, all original. Hello and welcome back to the Launchpad Podcast presented by Apollo Media. We are joined by Ross Villarreal of Sports Talk 790. And in the second segment, I wanted to actually uh, talk a little bit more about players like Eric Gordon and John Wall and the roster going forward. Um, so, before I get into that, though, you did bring up Daniel Tice, um, who the Rockets assigned uh, during the free agency period. I wanted to kind of get your opinion on him because um, it, I won't say it came out of nowhere, but it wasn't um, something that I know a lot of Rockets fans are thinking about was Daniel Tice coming in and being part of the roster. So what was kind of your opinion on that uh, pickup? Do you see him kind of maybe fluctuating between the starting lineup and the bench? Or uh, what was your opinion on that signing during free agency? Oh uh, yeah, I like the pickup. I, I liked uh, a couple of times Daniel Tice. It felt like he's had he's just a solid big for the for the Boston Celtics, and of course in last year uh, for the Bulls as well. Uh, I think he's a decent defender. He's you're not going to ask a whole lot of him offensively. Um, give you about ten and six or something like that. I mean, to me, you need to find somebody that you can pair with Christian Wood, who's going to do more of the dirty work. Now Christian Wood. Uh, you like obviously what he brings offensively. I like him more as a help defender rather than say a one-on-one -on -one low block defender. Yeah. So you need somebody who can do that more. Um, and Daniel Tice, although he's just six eight, he's kind of lengthy and he's he's big as well, so he can handle that more or more of the bulk of those type of needs. So yeah, I really like the signing. I I, I think he was a. Uh, I mean, 
four years, 36 million. Number one, it's not my money. That yeah. I, definitely, that would say the biggest shock to me was that they went a full four years and yes. they went for 9 million per year, like the 327 or something like that, or even 330 would maybe have made more sense to me, but they went a full four years on it, whatever. It, it's not my money and, and, and all that. So, but I like to pick up, I think he's a solid player and I, I think he'll be a good, good contributor and, and he, he's a really good fit for, for pairing with Christian Wood for the next couple of years. Yeah, and I agree because I think a lot of times Christian Wood is just he fits better as a power forward than necessarily as a center, especially against you know certain players like Joel Embiid and and you know players like that that he has trouble with containing down in low post. Um, I also want to get your opinion on a couple of other actual veterans that were on the Rockets roster last year, and John Wall and Eric Gordon. Uh, what's kind of what, what what would you say the percentage of let's say players like Eric Gordon? Um, getting traded before the trade deadline. I know the Rockets been trying to trade them all offseason. It didn't happen during the draft. Uh, so what do you see? Do you see the Rockets still really pushing, trying to get Eric Gordon traded by the deadline, probably to a contender to free up you know, more minutes for other guys? Yeah, if you're going to have me put a percentage on it, I would say like 75%. You know what? I'll actually bump that up. I'll go 80%. Right. 80% chance that Eric Gordon is is uh, traded at some point. Look, I, I like Eric Gordon. He's super nice. He's good. He, I think, in many ways, has been underrated in his Rockets career uh, by what he can bring when he's actually healthy. Of course, he's had if. That's a big if for Eric Gordon has been if he's been healthy. But, uh, I mean, I mean, remember him shutting down Donovan uh, I mean, uh, Donovan Mitchell in a yes. playoff series, and then he he's somebody who can – I mean, he scored 50 in a game against the Jazz, so he's not going to do that on a night-in-night-out basis. But he's capable of uh, – he's saying, hey, man, who are we going to get 25 from tonight? It could be Eric Gordon if he gets hot from three. Obviously – one of the great streak shooters that I can remember in Rockets. Yes. It's like this dude will go 0 for 10 or he'll go seven for 10. <laughs> True. Like, it's a, he's just so streaky, but I mean, he's always going to bring the defense. He's always going to complain to the referees when he goes to the basket, but uh, no, like I, I think a, a contender can use him and he's under, he is on a max contract at his level. So he was never like a, a, a all, all NBA guy. So he's not making $40 million a year on his max contract. So he's under contract for what? Like a couple more years after this one, $20 million for an Eric Gordon is an outrageous, a contender could use him. Absolutely. And, and also you need minutes for your other guards, John wall. I don't even know. We'll get to him in a second. I'm sure you're going to bring him up. Of course. So we'll, we'll get to that in a second, but I don't know where he fits in long-term with the, with the Rockets. Well, he doesn't Eric Gordon. This team is in a youth movement and he's 32 years old and he's going to be 33 by the end of this year. And, and he can help. He can help a, a team that just needs one three and D guy to bring them over the over the cusp as far as a thing, them thinking they're constructing a championship roster. You need minutes for KJ. You need minutes for Jalen Green. Eventually, Josh Christopher as well. And, and I mean, where David Nwaba is going to fit fit in, I don't know. So Eric Gordon is kind of a square peg in a round hole right now on this Rockets roster. Yeah, and, and speaking of you know players like that, we also have John Wall who. I, w- I would imagine if we put a percentage on that, it's probably on the other end of the spectrum when it comes to percentage of him being traded. I know a lot of people are talking about possible buyout after Kemba Walker gave back a certain amount of money, but this is a totally different situation because John Wall, um, number one, makes a lot more money. And also he has a couple years left on that massive contract. So what percentage would you put on the chance of uh, John Wall getting either bought out or traded this year? Yeah, so trade bought out or traded, I'll put it at like 60% somewhere in that neighborhood. I mean, yeah, because I think buyout, I think where you're going with buyout, because there's one year left, 
Then there's the player option. Yeah. I think that's the way. I think trade is very extreme. If you're asking me to go trade, I'll put like 5%. Like, there is no way. Because yeah. I'm looking through, and, and if I, I hope that I'm correct on this. I'm not sure if you looked it up, Lashard, But I believe in a trade, the most cash considerations you can send is like $5.6 or something yeah. like that. So if the Rockets wanted to trade away – John Wall, and they say, well, we'll give you a bunch of money. Like, for example, just to, to cross sports, when Zach Grinke was traded over uh, here, they sent way more than $5 million, did the Arizona Diamondbacks, to help pay for that. Like, in theory, if the Rockets were able to within the CBA, they would probably send, like, hey, we'll give you $20 million just to make this guy go away so we can play our, our young player. But they can't do that. The, the rules don't allow them to. So trade, to me, seems extremely unlikely. And, and I would say – it seems more likely that he'll be bought out at some point. They'll have to give him a ton of money. I wonder how much that $47 million he would make in a player option factors in. I mean, if he could get somebody to give him, I mean, I don't even know. Yeah, this is tough. <laughs> yeah, last year he was good. Who need, like, like I said, I could find teams that need an Eric Gordon. I don't know that there are teams that need a John Wall. Yeah. Who needs an aging point guard who's not what he once was? He's solid, doesn't shoot the three very well, but can get to the basket and be maybe a, a good leader with, with young talent that needs proving. And that really is not a bad fit for here in, in Houston, Texas. For, for John Wall to maybe, I guess you could say, mentor KPJ and Jalen Green for having, having to learn, and they're already on the hook for his money. So I don't know, maybe 60% is a little ambitious. Maybe I'll go back back that down to like 50%. But I think we would definitely see the buyout avenue before we would see a trade. And actually, uh, something that you just brought up, something that I've kind of brought up as well, is the mentorship uh, factor of having a John Wall with all of these young players. Because even mm-hmm. though you are rebuilding, you still want to have other players that have been there before. And so do you think there's any benefit of John Wall being around this year? I know a lot of Rockets fans and Rockets Twitter are ready for him to move on, but I've, I've been of the mindset that it actually could be a benefit to have him on the roster, at least for this year, helping players like Jalen Green, even KPJ. I mean, KPJ is still only been in the league um, a couple of years himself. Uh, do you see any benefit of him still being on the roster throughout this year? Yeah, I, I would think so as well. Yes, I agree with that for the from a mentorship role. And and but what you also do need is you need John Wall on board with that. Sure. You need John Wall to say, hey, uh, you're going to be taking a little bit of a backseat, but you're, you're here to to teach these young guys so they can be championship contenders. John Wall probably want if you ask him in his heart of hearts, what do you want to be doing and what kind of situation you want to be? He wants to be on a championship contender. He yeah. wants the ring. He's a veteran guy. He's been all NBA. He's been an All Star. He wants to get that championship ring. And let's be honest, it's probably it, it, he's he's under contract for two more years. If he opts in, it's probably not happening in the next two years here in a Houston Rockets uniform. So that's what he would you would need him on board for for a mentorship role. I mean, somebody's got to tell uh, KPJ or who, who who got in the wrong Sprinter van. I can't even remember. Oh, uh, it was Sterling Brown. Yes, <laughs> you got to teach Sterling Brown and KP. I think, yeah, you got to teach them to get in the right Sprinter van. Yes, that would help. <laughs> but uh, no, like I, I wonder if John Wall would be on board with that. I think he should be because he's a leader. Like we, you know, talking uh, when we had uh, hear from Stephen Silas and talking about the leadership that John Wall provides. Like John Wall will be in the practice and. He apparently when Steven Silas is running practice and they're going through walkthroughs and stuff like John Wall will step up, stop practice 
and be like, hey, well, we need to do this and, and start kind of talk to the guys. And, and Steven Silas, obviously on board with this. It's not like John Wall's like, hey, this is my team. I'm taking over and he's butting heads with him. Like as a, as a compliment to what Steven Silas was doing as, as, uh, as a helper and, and taking on that leadership role and, and all that type of stuff. So that's already in John Wall's DNA to, to, to be a leader of men and to, to take that role on with this team because he did it last year. I'm just hoping that he's still on board with wanting to do it this year because if he's here in a Rockets uniform, that will be where he will be at his best. And something interesting that you just brought up, I want to ask you before we wrap up this second segment. Um, speaking with Coach Silas, like um, like you do on Sports Talk 790, do you get the sense that he probably trusts John Wall more than any other player on the team? Not to say that he doesn't trust the younger guys, but, I mean, he knows John Wall has been around for a long time. Do you get that sense that he's almost like a, a coach on the floor, like an extension of Coach Silas? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I mean, Steven Silas has been heaping praise on, on John Wall all, all year. And, I mean, there are some people who will say, well, he's just there for money and he doesn't care about it. He's just trying to get his stats up so that he can get traded. And I don't know, maybe there's some truth to that, but I can only go off of what I've seen and what I've heard from, from Coach Silas. Coach Silas has been effusive in his praise of, of John Wall. And one of the things you can – like a coach isn't going to come out and say player X is a knucklehead and he's talking yeah. about practice, right? <laughs> But he's also, if that player is that, he's not going to come out and say, oh, my goodness, he's been a great leader. Yes. Awesome. He stops us in practice. So I have to tend to believe what I hear from Steven Silas's mouth, and that is that John Wall is a great leader and a great teammate. And in film sessions is pointing things out. In walkthroughs, he's stopping everybody just to point something out or, or make a point because he will know in some, in some sense – he'll know the players better than Steven Silas can just because maybe he's around them and he's on the floor. And there's things that John Wall can see with the ball in his hands that Steven Silas is not going to see from the sidelines. So yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, that Steven Silas trusts John Wall to, to be that coach on the court. And one more question as we wrap up this second segment, what's, what's kind of your sense of what would you say will be the starting lineup going into opening night? Because you do still have John Wall on the roster there's no way I can see them sitting KPJ or Jalen Green. Um, do you see the Rockets going with, again, more of a smaller lineup uh, with a Jay Shantae that power forward? I know it's kind of a tricky situation with all these guards, but what, what do you see as a starting lineup possibly going into opening night? Now, that's a good question. I guess I would go with, yeah, Wall, Porter, Green, Tate, Wood? Yeah. Is, is that what we would go with? Did yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of what I think what they would probably go with. But, of course, then you have John Wall sitting out back-to-backs. But, yeah, I guess that's kind of what they would have to try to figure out with having three guards and you're not sitting probably any of them on the bench more than likely. Yeah, I, I would think so. I mean, you want Kevin Porter Jr. to develop. Unfortunately, you, you want him to develop as your primary ball handler, and that's what John Wall would be while he was out. I mean, we've obviously seen – with uh, Westbrook Harden and and then Harden Paul that you can stagger those guys, right? You can have, say, you know, you you start the lineup and then John Wall leaves the game in like within four minutes and then it's KPJs and then he comes off the court four minutes later and then it's John Wall's offense and you just kind of stagger them and figure it out that way. And of course, when you'll run into the issues is perhaps when there's two minutes left in the game and it's close, who's your primary ball handler? Well, it'll be things that they can work out during the season. But yeah, I think we'll, we'll definitely see some staggering between KPJ and John Wall. I think that'll be the latest in the in the long line of staggers we've seen from uh, from the Rockets. 
Oh, true. And, and if the Rockets are in a lot of close games this year, compared to last year, I think they would definitely take that. So that's de- definitely something that they would love to see is a lot of close games coming down to the wire um, in this coming season. So uh, that's going to wrap it up for the second segment. And the last segment, we're going to be – I want to get Ross' opinion on kind of expectations going into next year. And also get his opinion on would he rather them organically, quote-unquote, tank – or would he rather them actually fight for a play-in spot? So we'll, I'll get Ross's opinion on that. So please stick around. Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. Apollo HOU. All Houston. All original. And continue here on the Launchpad Podcast presented by Apollo Media. Make sure to drop us a review or leave us some stars. Again, we are joined by Ross Villarreal of Sports Talk 790. And in this final segment, we're going to actually be talking about some of the uh, expectations for the Rockets coming up in this next season. Of course, we still have training camp and preseason to go. Um, but I want to get Ross' opinion on that and also the whole tanking debate that's still kind of going on around Rockets social media. Uh, so first, I want to start off with uh, asking Ross, so what's kind of your expectation going into next year? A lot of um, – there's been a lot of news coming out of Vegas and predictions coming out of Vegas and different, you know, sports personalities saying that they expect the Rockets to be in the 25 to 30 win range. So what's kind of your expectation um, going into next season? Do you see them only getting around 30 wins or do you see them possibly, you know, getting more depending, of course, with health, like with every team? Yeah, so uh, looking at the the Vegas total, yeah, they have the Rockets at about 25 and a half last that I looked this week. And, man, uh, sounds like it's going to be a long season if that's (laughs) – I I mean, I want to be optimistic. First of all, I mean, the Western Conference, as usual, is just disgusting. There are so many good teams, so many talented teams. I mean, uh, especially if uh, the Lakers are able to bounce back. And we know what the, the Jazz Sun Nuggets, Clippers, Mavericks, I mean, Warriors are going to have Clay Thompson back. Pelicans, are they going to be able to make it in? I mean, that's I think that's what's like seven, eight teams that I just ran through right there. So, I mean, really, it's I guess the Rockets are going to be fighting with the teams like the Kings, Wolves, Thunder, those types of teams is, is trying not to be the, the bottom. Uh, my expectations – I, if, if I had to make a bet in Vegas, what's the first game? You know what? I'm going to Vegas in September. I don't want to be <laughs> 25 and a half. I, I believe that that's a low number. I think people, yeah. expect, it, 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 obviously anything can happen with health, but I mean, Christian Wood, KPJ, I'm not as sold as, as some Rockets fans already are because I think he's got some a lot of work to do defensively and just with his consistency, but we know the flashes are there. But when a team already gave up on him, I, I'm still a little bit concerned about the long-term viability of KPJ, but I'm already sold on Wood, already sold on Green. John Wall can be a solid guy. I love Jay Sean Tate. I think, over, I, think, uh, I think 30 wins is definitely well within reach. And then if you're talking about getting to that threshold – the San Antonio Spurs made the play-in game as the 10 spot last year with 33 wins. So if you can get from 30 to 33 to 35, now, of course, maybe this is crazy talk and I'm just being pie-eyed out <laughs> or something like that. I, I think you're totally – it's totally within the realm of possibility that the Rockets could be fighting for a play-in spot. And that's where that's where I have them right now. I think I'll go with like – I'll go with 30 and 52 right now. That'll be my prediction at the moment. 
Yeah, which is a you know reasonable with you know all the young players they had coming off a seventeen wing season. Oh, by the and, way, I should yeah. say though that the thirty three wins that uh, it's kind of the numbers are off because they only played seventy two last year. So I yeah. guess if you're talking about a playing spot, maybe like thirty six, thirty seven wins. So maybe the Rockets won't necessarily challenge yeah. their playing spot, but it, on the on the top end of their spectrum, I think that's their ceiling. And and speaking of you know playing spots, so let's say that they um, you know by your prediction, let's say that they're near the play-in spot, would you rather them fight for that play-in spot or would you rather them go, not necessarily, I know this is a word that's been floating around a lot, is, you know, organically be bad mm-hmm. enough to where they would actually have a little <clears throat> lotto pick. What, what would be your preference? Would you think it would be better or beneficial for young players to be fighting for a play-in spot like the Memphis Grizzlies or would you think it would be more beneficial to have maybe a top five pick again? Um, well, uh... Well, when you say that, it would be teams can nobody's going to outright say we're tanking, right? You do yeah. certain things in order to tank, and so, for example, if the Rockets are looking like they're getting close to to flirting with the playing spot, I would say I would rather them play for the lottery long term, but I also would like to let the chips fall where they may, because right there, there are certain things that you can do to tank. First of all, I think they might already do this at some point during the season. Like you mentioned, John Wall is not going to play back-to-backs. Yeah. Eric Gordon, oh, I'm sorry, you got some hamstring tightness? <laughs> yes. He's out for one week. Let's put him out for two. Uh, oh, you, oh, you've got some knee soreness there, John Wall? Normally he would play through it. No, let's go ahead and sit him out for a week. That That's the kind of stuff that they did, they did last year, honestly, in order to make sure that they lost as many games as possible. Um, and then, of course, another thing you could do is if you're a team that really wants to – it's about being a buyer or a seller at the trade deadline. So I want them to be sellers at the trade deadline. And I want them to, in the case of Gordon and Wall specifically, if they're not able to play or if they're kind of half hurt or 75% and, and say, you know what, I could sit this one, I could now, I'm down for them to sit those games out because, because it'll be a, it'll make it more of a proving ground for the KPJs and the Jalen Greens. They'll get more minutes and they'll benefit from that. And then if Jalen Green and KPJ are developing and they're winning games, I'm totally fine with the, the chips falling where they may, as it were. I don't want them being buyers at the trade deadline. I don't want them like rushing John Wall out there if he's a little hurt and he normally he's kind of on the fence about playing. So, I mean, I, I don't know what you would call that. Is that soft tanking? Is that organic tanking? I just want to see these young guys play and then the chips fall where they may. Yeah, and I think that's where most people are at because, I mean, at this point, again, of course, you're not contending for a championship. Um, At the same time, you don't want the young guys to get in a habit of, well, thinking that losing is okay. So it's definitely a a balancing act, kind of determining whether you want to be good enough to be, you know, one of the top 10 teams or you want to be more on towards the bottom. I mean, we've kind of seen it go both ways with, you know, teams like the T-Wolves who've been bad every single year. And they have draft picks, high draft picks every year, but yet they're still in the lottery every year. So it it definitely can go either way. Yeah, and it's not a bad idea to get to get a taste of, of playoff action or important games because I mean that's that's the way things generally work in the NBA. Like you have the Bucks breaking through this year. The Bucks have been through the playoffs a couple of years. The Bucks have been had through, gone through some heartbreak. You get a taste of that. You don't normally, except for really like I don't know the 08 Celtics who just got a super team put together and ran right away. Even the even the Miami Heat they lost their first finals with LeBron James and their big three. And and so you kind of get a taste and you build up. So to start getting that taste. And to, to start getting a feel for that and then being more prepared for it as the years go on, 
I, I think I'm totally down for that. Like, I mean, the uh, like the Warriors before they won their championships, they lost uh, with well, of course, with Mark Jackson, but they lost in the semis. They lost in the first round. Then they finally broke through and won the finals. That's the way the NBA generally works. Is you or even we can go back to Jordan and couldn't get past the Pistons, and you finally break through. So obviously not to that level yet, of course. But getting that little taste and getting used to it and getting acclimated to a playoff environment, I, I would have no issue with the Rockets getting a getting a taste of that playoff action this year. Yeah, and one more question uh, before we wrap up this wrap up the show. Uh, you actually brought up Christian Wood. I wanted to ask you something about him that's kind of been going back and forth throughout, you know, Rockets Twitter and Rockets Social. Oh, uh, Rockets Twitter. <laughs> Rockets Twitter, the famous Rockets Twitter. So shout out oh, to geez. some of Rockets Twitter anyway, <laughs> not all of it. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to ask you about Christian Wood. Um, what's kind of your opinion on him? Because it's, it's, it's kind of a term going around rockets timeline or the timeline of the of the team and some people have thought maybe it's best that maybe you move on from christian wood because for some reason 25 years 26 years old is kind of old and he doesn't fit the timeline so what's kind of your opinion on that though Uh, because the rockets probably won't be competing for a championship for at at least another you know two or three years what's kind of your opinion on christian wood because he will be asking for the max contract probably in the next couple Mm -hmm. years do you see any reason to possibly think about trading him or would you think that, you know, by the time the Rockets are good enough to compete, he'll still be in his prime? Yeah. Uh, one of the things about the NBA, first of all, no, I wouldn't trade Christian Wood. You would let him go, and and that's the way you would do things because Christian Wood is on one of the best contracts in the NBA for if he's healthy and if he plays up to what he is, even the level that he was last year. I mean, there was time when he was healthy early on, he was, he was like a 25 and 12 guy. Yes. 25 and 12 guys don't grow on trees. Even last year, he's a 20 and 10 guy. I, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm going to guess there were fewer than 10, 20 and 10 guys last year. Definitely just off the is. top of my head. I, I, I don't, I, I don't know. So you're, you're on a three year, was it $40 million deal somewhere around there. Christian Wood is already way outperforming his contract. So the only reason you would do reasons to trade people away would be, I mean, if maybe if you're going to get really good high level draft picks, but I don't think you're going to do that when you're trading them away as an expiring contract or with two years left on his deal, unless it's a signing trade and somebody wants to give him a max and you don't uh, No, keep Christian Wood. I want to see more from him. I want to see him be a little bit better defensively. He's already freakishly skilled. He already does things. On, uh, I mean, he was like, there was like one game last year. If you were, he was throwing like Arvidas Sabonis behind the back cut passes to cutting yeah. back to cutters. Like what? Okay. I'm down with this Christian Wood. Let's go. I mean, he, he can shoot the three at 38%. He can get to the basket. He's a decent ball handler. He's a good passer. There are issues with his one-on-one defense, like I said, but I like his help defense. That's okay. If you compare him with the right big man in certain situations, like no, you've got an all-star on your hands who's making $14 million a year. I've got I've got no reason to trade away Christian Wood. And I'm even would be already, I mean, of course, I want to see more over the next year and, and change. I'm already I'm leaning much more towards giving him a max than I would be letting him trade away and get away. Yeah, I mean, true, because in a couple of years, you'll be off John Wall's contract. You're probably already yes. trading Eric Gordon's contract. And then you have a bunch of rookie contracts. So there's really no reason to even move on from him. I mean, mm-hmm. like you said, I mean, before he got you know the, the ankle injury last year, he was actually in contention for an all-star spot. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's fighting for that again this year. So, I, I mean, I totally agree with you on that. You, I, I don't think at the 
28, 29 year old um, that he'll be at when the Rockets are probably trying to contend deep into the playoffs. I really don't think that's past your prime. It's actually just entering your prime. Right. So uh, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, before we wrap up the show, I want to uh, give you a chance, Ross, could you let everybody know where they can find all your content? Oh yeah. Normally a sports talk 790 you mentioned in the open. Well, first of all, you can find me on Twitter at sports RV. Uh, I tweet a lot during Astros, Rockets, Texans game, that kind of stuff. Generally lighthearted. I like to make a lot of jokes. Uh, everything I do is on Sports Talk 790 with Matt, 12 to 3 on uh, Sports Talk 790. Then I do my own nightcap. If there's no Rockets or Astros, that's from 6 to 7. Do my Sports RV show from 10 to 12 on Saturdays. You can find all the podcasts on Spreaker or uh, SportsTalk790.com. Yeah, and I definitely appreciate you jumping on. I've been listening to you for a long time, uh, you and Matt, and I definitely love the show. We'll continue to be listening throughout the year. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Uh, of course, no problem. And uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. So if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And be sure to follow at Apollo HOU for blogs, merch, video, podcasts, and more original Houston sports content not found anywhere else. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back for our next episode of Launchpad Podcast, covering your Houston Rockets.